Hallelujah. Amen. Are we that last generation? Yeah. While they're just here, I wanted to share that quote, Brother Joe, with you on the screen before we have a word of prayer. And, and ashamed, Brother Branham said, Don't be ashamed of him in this generation. Sinful, perplexed. The last generation that will ever be on the earth is sinful, adulterous, full of all petrified sores. All, everything that's been decent has become indecent. National politics, filth, nations are broke up. Way back in the jungles of Africa, on safari hunters, they've had to take high-powered radios to hear Elvis Presley, Pat Boone, and them guys with that rock and roll and twist. And the natives trying to see them act along, jerking their head and acting like that. The natives stood and looked at him, but you see... They're not Americans like Pat Boone and Elvis Presley and Ricky Nelson and them guys are. They're not Judases of that type. But they're, see, it's a spirit. And the spirit is not only in America. It has spread itself out over the world to bring them to the battle of Armageddon. They act like that. Whatever nation they come from, Africa, India, wherever it is, that vulgar and stuff has spread all over the earth by just one man starting it. Now here it is. So as the gospel and the power of Almighty God is spread around the world and the separation time is now taking place when God is calling a bride and the devil is calling a church, let me be part of the bride. Amen. I hear the prophet scream that out. Let me be part of the bride. I want to say, here we are tonight because of a word. We are that generation. We'll sing it one last time. Oh, we are the generation. We're the congregation. The final voice the world will hear. The coming of the Lord is near. Living out the revelation. have a desire from the Lord for him to speak to you tonight for him to move in a situation you'd like to lift up your hand like a, a notice just say Lord I'm here tonight Heavenly Father hands are lifted up both of my hands are lifted up we're here to praise you God and rejoice after hearing a word like this morning you've pulled us from different nations of the world we come to thank you God and praise you a seed that's been raised up, many of them on the platform raised in the message. Because of that great token that's been applied and throughout the years been watered and nurtured and cherished. I pray God the Holy Spirit will bring great, great victory to your name tonight. As our brother Murphy said, if we could just please him, he'd be pleased to come down among us tonight. As I heard your prophet say today, the father's not willing to lose one of his sheep. Doesn't want one of his sheep to be hurt or troubled. We pray that you'd come to us, Lord, tonight. We lift up our hands because we're needy. Even on a Sunday night, maybe weary in body some or troubled. 
I pray you'd come and minister to the flock, O God. Each one of us are in particular. We stand in your presence, God, speaking out in your name these things of promise that you would fulfill your word, God, tonight. Bless these young people on the platform and throughout the church tonight and out across the internet, those that are declaring your name. I believe there's another generation that's you've raised up, Lord, that will live this message. That fathers and mothers and ministry and churches, that your word has not returned unto you void, but it has accomplished by bringing it to pass. Lord, we just pray you'd strengthen those that have traveled among us, Brother Mark Aho, Brother Tim Dodd, and others that are even traveling tonight. In the ministry, our Brother Michael Ray, as he ministers in Renton, and Brother Marco, I pray the Holy Ghost would be in that service. Even now as they're starting, I pray that you would be with them, Father. May the Holy Ghost, Lord, energize our brothers and our sisters, Lord. Even in Victoria and around this world, Lord, we are connected to a body. And we pray, Lord, if the hounds of hell has gone after any sheep or any individual, that the strength of the Holy Spirit would fend them off tonight, Lord. And as we are in a season of the change, may we use the strength of our testimonies for one another, for the good, for the positive. Bless this little meeting tonight. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God bless you. and. Young people, musicians. Amen. Did you enjoy that tonight? Amen. We'll turn to the scripture, Ecclesiastes 3. Amen. Thank you, Brother Joe. Yes. Ecclesiastes 3, a real familiar scripture that we, some of you have read many times in your Bibles and it's been read even in the services. But we've ate a lot of breakfasts and lunches and suppers in our lifetime and we just keep eating because that's what's going to get us through until the body change. Amen. We do want to remember Brother Michael tonight ministering in Renton, Brother Marco. And uh, we spoke to Sister Laverne Clemens uh, yesterday. It was her birthday the last couple days and she wanted to be remembered. She wants to come to camp. I mean, she's requesting a cabin right near the action. You know, here she is in her... I don't know, 80s, getting up there, and we just thank the Lord for these warriors. Amen. She must have been like the daughter of Caleb or something. She wants to be around the young people. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, verse 1, real familiar scripture. We want to speak on this. Tonight, another season of your life has arrived. Take it personal. Another season of your life has arrived. And the Bible says to everything, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun, under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A 
time to keep silence and a time to speak. We're getting the message, aren't we? To everything, there's a season and a time. Verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. We can underline it. We can mark it. We can circle it. The word is true. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. God's making everything beautiful in his time. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. Appreciate you. We appreciate one another, don't we? Sister from Norway, I believe. God bless you. I think the, the uh, Robinson family has... Is it your mother? Father, what's a relative? No? Okay. Family? Uh, all right. What's that? Okay. We, we, we welcome you. Our brother Richard's wife. Our husband. Mother and father. Amen. God bless you. We welcome you. And, and uh, well, we just need to get settled down tonight and get to the word. Amen. We do welcome one another. And as we come into June, many attend college or school, maybe university, some sort of school, and they're thinking of graduation. Maybe even at this time there's exams and tests going on, finals. There's awards, even we've come to another season. And if it's not you personally, it could be someone in your family. It could be someone else. And I'm not just speaking of school or um, people that have children in their family or dealing with colleges or universities, but it, it does reflect that there's a changing season and that there's another time and different times. As we read in the Bible, to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose that is under the heavens. Just like there's spring and there's summer and there's fall and there's winter. The different seasons call for a, a different response from us. Isn't that true? And it's important for us to know as individuals the season we're in and to respond appropriately. Like if it was winter cold, you'd wear a coat or wear a sweater or some long sleeve. But as it comes into the summertime, you would maybe wear cooler clothes or want to put on some protection. Or if there's rainy times, you'd want a, 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 an umbrella or something. It speaks of a season, a different season in your life or a different time. And uh, many times it might seem to be an obvious thing that happens. But uh, we all go through seasons in our lives. And uh, at times it cycles and moons and different natural seasons that will come and go. But the bride is looking through different eyes tonight. When we look at the things that we go through and we hear through different ears. And the bride senses with another sense. We don't just look to the moons or to the changing of calendars or just the natural seasons. We live by another sense. Is that true? Spiritual people do not always follow the natural things of times and seasons. They follow the Word of God. They follow the Holy Spirit. 
They're just being sensitive to that. And uh, just want to bring that to your heart tonight that another season of your life has arrived. And it's good for all of us to recognize that season and look into our hearts because the message has turned our hearts. Not just our heads or as we heard this morning, it's not just an intellectual uh, thing that has happened. It's been God has turned our hearts and our hearts is not the same as the world's. It's different from the world's. We're not the same as denominations. We don't operate the same. We don't think the same. Though we might have church and we might have camps and we might even have a school, we might have meetings, but our heart is not the same as the worldly people. Even as the church realms and what they consider to be great, God calls foolish. But what the world would say foolish, God has called great. We're not the same as other people in the world. I think it's good for us to look in the Bible and, and recognize these seasons and times that there's a purpose for all things. And that God is making everything beautiful in your life in His time. In Paradox, when Brother Branham was speaking this in Phoenix, he said, I was thinking of death and, and we're like leaves. And a leaf hangs on a tree to serve a purpose. And you and I are hanging on a tree of life after we accept Christ. And after a while, when the seasons change, the life goes out of that leaf down into the root and comes back again next year, bringing a new leaf. And we as Christians who believe in Christ have eternal life. And we're hanging on the tree of life. I like that tonight. We're hanging on the tree of life. You're a leaf Hanging on the tree of life. Brother Branham is applying this though to seasons. And he said, someday this old leaf will drop off and return back to God that give it only to come again in another season. This season, we are divided. We're men and women. He's talking about we have body, spirit, soul. We have a flesh tonight. And no matter how much we may try to glory in our bodies, we're all getting older. We're all fading like a leaf. Another season in your life has arrived. As we've talked about schooling and schools and even universities and colleges, it's ending of another year. It's another season. And all you have to do to look to children or young people as they grow up and their clothes, even as it starts out maybe in August, September, by the time May and June comes around, they, they begin to grow out of that because there's another season. They've gotten larger. They've moved along. And we need to address that as even spiritual ones. There's seasons in all of our lives. He's applying us to leaves even on the tree of life. And how there comes another season. And he said, after all, it's a seeding season. The tree continually, year after year, to bear record and testimony of the living God. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. I know it's Sunday night, so we'll just give some scriptures. Genesis 1, 14. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days, and for years. It's God that has put this order of the seasons in order. So seasons have been spoken by God. Let there be. Let there be signs. Let there be seasons. 
Let there be days. The Bible says, let there be years. And at the, each one of these cycles and their seasons, there's changes. There's changes that go on as a season is speaking of a period of your life. Or a certain term. Some of you that have raised children and now they've gotten older, that's another season. You've entered into another time. And maybe you've gone even financially, you see your life over a certain period or a certain term. You would say a certain time of the year even. If you were talking to farmers and they would talk about a certain time of the year when they plant. And then when they're looking for rain or they're looking for the sun or they're harvesting It's a certain season. There's a time of plenty. And then there's a time maybe of famine. It all speaks uh, spiritually for a believer. Our life is a journey. And it's just not always a straight road. But there's curves. There's junctions. There's times when we need to acknowledge in these times of seasons that there's changes or there's modifications. Or there's things that we need to adjust and even amend. And even alter as we go through life, there's a different approach. Sometimes that a person that's spiritual has to take the season that they're in. And maybe it's not yourself personally, but if you're in a marriage or in a family or in a church family, we learn to wait on one another to mature. Is that true? Because someone might be going through a season and someone else going through another season. But we're going through this together. So many times there's patience that is needed and there's times that we bear along with one another and we deal with one another kindly. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And those that are maybe middle-aged or older, they would say, yes, I, when I was a child or, and I began to do this or speak a certain way, I understood. But there's also children among us. And there's younger ones that are growing up. That's their season. That's their time. And we bear with one another in our family and the family of God. When Paul was speaking about this, when I became a man, I put away childish things. He, he was speaking about things that are like a little infant or a little child, a minor that is not of age or is untaught or unskilled. Paul was saying, I've matured. I've come to another season of my life. You know, uh, newborns, I just want to speak about this just for a little bit. A newborn child has certain needs. Maybe it's for milk or for sleep or for comfort. They're very, very needy. A little child is at that season. And then as the child grows, their needs change. As they come into adolescence, they still need food and sleep and comfort, but they're able to dress themselves. They're able to do certain things themselves as they come up to be an independent child. Seasons change in an adolescent child. I'm thinking of leadership. Brother Branham's last message, 1965, when he talked about the mother gets them first. That's a season. Then he talked about the school teacher and how that's another season. They come into their school age time. We, We should thank God for godly mothers. 
and then ask God for his leadership in our school years that were under the right tutors and in the right atmosphere. What would be God's will down the road? We want our decisions now to be in line with God's will for down the road. God has a perfect will in every season. So as we speak about a mother and a school teacher, then he spoke about fathers. And that's another level of another season in a person's life when it's important to have male leadership and love. And there's a season of a person's life that they need a father. And I'm always constantly thinking of those that don't have a father or of families where the fathers left the mother and left the children. And it always comes back to our Heavenly Father and how He said, I know your name and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We have a great father tonight. But by the time a person goes from their mother to a school teacher into their father and training them in business or so forth, providing, then Brother Branham talked about the ministry and how that's so important that the ministry is an influence on a person's life at that season that they're under ministry, that have gifts. It's very important that our families are raised around gifts that God has put into this generation that can deal with children and young people and handle them just right. That's the heart of God. As it would be the heart of God in in a mother and in godly school teachers and in a father and now God flowing through the ministry because that's a season of their life. But then Brother Branham stopped and he said, but now who leads you? It should be the Holy Ghost. So I'm speaking about maturity and how they're seasoned from a newborn child and adolescence. And as they come up into the teenage years and and accountability uh, ages and responsibility, they're called on to, to now manifest to at different levels this uh, maturity, what they've been raised up in the atmosphere they've been around. It's an awkward stage. It's a very awkward time for teenagers, even message young people. It's a very troubling time. And they need our strength. Hallelujah. That's the season they're in. And many times people that are older or people even that are younger... If they don't understand that season, there can be great needs amongst our teenage years and and seasons of their life. Sure, they need food and sleep and comfort and many things of schools and, and then decisions of careers. And then as a person comes into their 20s and 30s and marriage and decisions in relationships and then you have couples in the church or in the message now that have been raised in the message... And we see this cycle and seasons and children coming in and some remain single through that time. How we need the Holy Ghost. How we need the power of God to uh, give us His mind in every season. Do we agree tonight? That as a person comes into their middle-aged years, their 40s and their 50s, And their 60s, Brother Branham talked about it being like the sun rising in the morning and coming in the morning and then 10 o'clock in the morning, then 12 o'clock midday, and then the afternoon sun. And as the sun begins to set in a person's elderly years in their 70s, their 80s and 90s, some might even reach 100, but these are all seasons. 
There are times that a person that is spiritual looks at that, their season of their life, and it calls for a, a certain adjustment. You're not the person you used to be. You're not even dealing with the same issues in your age and in the time of life that you were just a year ago or five years ago. There's been a, a turning as, as even David spoke about this in Psalms 104. We don't need to turn to it, but I'll just quote them to you. David picked this up and he said, Psalms 104:19. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knoweth his going down. So there's cycles. And it's not God's will that a believer fall off at any season. At any time should it be a person's satisfaction to fall off and just get rolling over. And just roll over and let the hounds of hell that are trying to come at you and the lies of Laodicea. We believe we're at the end time. But it's not God's will that, that at any season of a person's life that they have to be defeated. Even Daniel, our precious brother, prophet Daniel said in Daniel 2, he changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Do we believe it's God that places prime ministers and presidents and, and not that the believers voted them in, but God knows Every king, every prime minister, every president, every mayor, every border guard, every policeman. And God allows those influences. He allows a mother. He allows a father. He allows our schooling. He allows ministry in our lives. And it most definitely fashions our behavior. The ministry we're under, the church that we're under, and the atmosphere that thunders through our hearts of the Word of God and the, and the singing and the testimonies. It has a powerful influence on us. There's seasons in all of our lives. And as I've already said, if it's not something you are facing, it could be a close friend, it could be a spouse. It could be even a church family or a relative or something going on at school. And when we're looking at that through the Word, it calls for a greater maturity. Even churches have seasons and there's junctions. And I believe even this year is, is Israel's 70th year of being from 1948 to 2018. It's a season for a nation. We would say a nation was born. That was a season. But they're 70 years down the road now. And the Palestinians are trying to come in. And they give up borders. And then they try to put up their iron domes to sh shut down the rockets. And whatever men tries to do. But without the word, a believer begins to recognize the worldly system is shifting and it's opposite than where we're going. And there's a struggle and there's a pain and there's a suffering that the believers go through many times in times of change. And even the bride body, as our brother Tim and our brother Marco, just uh, brother Mark, just experienced in Ethiopia and Uganda, the bride body is getting older. 
I think Brother Tim will share with you even the pastors in, in the ministry there that have been senior pastors for many, many years. And now as these young churches are, are coming out and, and the ones are being baptized and different younger ministers are being called to the ministry, it calls for a labor because the, the, the senior ministry begin to recognize that it's not just them carrying the ball to their death, but is actually being able to pass it on to others and instill courage to them and pray for them. We should pray for one another. We pray for Brother Michael Ray. Pray for Brother Kyle. We pray for Brother Murphy Wong. We pray for brothers that are carrying the burden. I did that today, even each one of the ministers in our church and your wives. Just speak out your name in prayer. And we ought to have a burden for one another. We all go through seasons, even as a body. And I'm just going to make a comment and move along. But sometimes, not all the seasons in our lives are glamorous. Even walking in God's will for a person's life, it's not always just something that's glorious and like you're just on the mountain every day. And we could speak about so many areas, but none of us are getting any younger. <laughs> and that's not glorious sometimes. And when you see the faults or the failings of yourself or even about those around you, sometimes it's not always joyful. The seasons of, of that we go through together. Sometimes it may be very painful, very hurting, very torturous. As I was many times drive down the Badger Road there going from Blaine to Linden, and I drive past the intersection. Again, it was another junction. It was a stop sign where our sister Robinson and her family was driving, and, and a man came from the side road up sunrise and just came right through and that changed that season of the Robinson family. And, and it happened at a junction. It'll happen at a, something that happens in a person's life. So not all of our seasons are, are, are tort. Sometimes they can even be mundane. You just think like you're going through a time like nothing is happening. But to have the Word of God come to the individual gives us the greatest satisfaction. It gives the believer the most hope when they find the, the Holy Spirit coming around them and ministering to them personally and privately. Don't you thank God for that? I've, who remembers the infidel that Brother Branham dealt with there in his hunting clothes and, and his partner got out of the car and then Brother Branham heard some comments about the, you, you have to bring your preacher along or pastor along and Brother Branham goes up and begins to speak to this infidel which was an unbeliever. Who remembers the story? My reason for bringing this illustration is, how long does it take for a person to have a change in their heart and in their revelation about how they see life? It doesn't have to happen after a lot of months and a lot of years. Why does it have to take so long for us to hear the messages and hear the atmosphere for us to recognize the season you might be in and that there needs to be a change? I, I want to read this illustration to show you that it takes God to come to the individual and that can happen in a moment and they just begin to move out there. Take a step tonight. 
When God reveals to you that you're at another season of your life, then it creates a sensitivity. How should I be thinking? And Brother Branham's talking to this infidel, and they were standing by an apple tree which belonged to him. And Brother Branham asked this man how old the tree was, and he told me so many years, and how many bushels of apples it produced each year. And this was the early part of August, he said, and I noticed apples were already falling and leaves were turning brown. And I said to him, I'd like to ask you a question. I said, why are those leaves turning brown and falling off the tree before any frost hits them? Well, he said, it's winter coming on. Talking about seasons. The winter's coming on. And the reason that they turn brown is because the life has left the leaf. And I said, Brother Brown said, where did the life go? And he said to me, back to the root of the tree, where it come from. And I said, is that the last of the leaf? He said, no, that life will return next spring again with a new leaf. And Brother Branham said, he had never noticed it before. He's talking about this old man that was an infidel that didn't believe. And Brother Branham is just walking him through his own thought pattern at, to get him to a place. It was God that did that. And Brother Branham said, this man had sat on the porch for years. He had saw the changings of the natural seasons for years. He knew how many bushes of apples. He knew what was happening. He could talk to you about intellectually how it, oh, it's just, it's the life going down into the bottom of the roots. It's like, come on, you know, you know this. And Brother Branham's trying to work from the natural into the spiritual. He said he had never noticed it before. And I said, then I pray you tell me, sir, what intelligence takes that leaf off of the tree even before cold weather? And sends it, its life back down into the ground for safety until the coming forth of another season. That's a good question. Is that a good question? It's very similar to Brother Murphy closing the service this morning and speaking about Revelations 10 and asking us, have you ate the book? Are you prophesying again? Have you taken the book? Then it's personal. Then, then it's almost like the mighty angel. There's ministry. There's mothers. There's fathers. There's school teachers. But now God's looking right at us and saying, do you eat the book? Do you know the season? How are you acting around your revelation? And it challenges us. Does it not, friends? It, it kind of moves us off of, I just can't sit here and hear the word all the time. God's moving you into a decision. And then where do you go from here? Oh, I thought it was so wonderful this morning. Mother Murphy has moved into another level and another season. But we expect that. Brother Branham said it sends its life back down into the ground for safety. He said you could put a water in a bucket. And set it on a post. We had a, a long row of fence posts here. Brother Zoe, fence posts here that were real wood. And set a, a, a bucket of water on top. That water wouldn't go down into the post. Because there's a hindrance. There's a divider. But in a tree, there's already a nature inside that knows you've got to leave the leaves and go down into the roots. 
That's God's nature. That's God's instinct. He said you could put a a water in a bucket and set it on a post. It will never change by the seasons. So it shows that there is a God who masters life. I'm just closing out right there. Brother Branham said, it shows there is a God who masters life. Can we agree tonight that God has already mastered your life? God knows the end from the beginning, even from a little girl and a little boy, when things didn't make sense. But as you get older, things begin to make more spiritual sense. Is that true? And you leave those other things. You leave those, and you rise up into a spiritual way of looking at spiritual things. Even natural things. There's a way to approach it spiritually. I don't know if you know this, but in 1949, Brother Branham was in Bellingham, Washington. And those services were not recorded, but Brother Branham spoke, and this is the fourth uh, service, fourth day in a row in June, this date, of Brother Branham speaking in Bellingham, Washington, at the National Guard Armory. That's 1949. It's almost 70 years ago. Brother Branham just spoke across the border. I think it's amazing. I spoke to the young people on Friday and and on June the 1st, which was Friday. That was the very evening that Brother Branham spoke to a group of teenagers in 1963. The very date. He had just come out of the opening of the seven seals and hearing from the angel and what happened on the mountain. And he said in that service, come follow me. That was a, a house meeting. It wasn't even a church service. But there was a group of young people that had gathered to hear a prophet speak. And he spoke on, come, follow me. That's a monumental service to be able to say that a prophet was saying, follow the word. And every season of your life, you're coming to graduation. You're coming to another season and you're looking out into the future for maybe relationships or what university or college You would go into and to have the word come at that crucial season of their life. What an influence. I just want to stop there and say, thank the Lord that at every season of our lives, the word has been there. The word has never lied. Thank the Lord, Brother Murphy. God has never lied to us. He'll never let you down. No one will be able to stand before the Lord on the day of judgment and said, He wasn't good to them. Can you help me throughout this service? Is this true? No one's going to be able to stand there and say, but this and that. God has been good to us. Nothing but good to us. I just want to thank you, Lord, tonight. At every season, every junction, every needed change in my life, the Holy Spirit, if we'd admit it, He's always been right there. Praise God. He's here tonight, even in our trepidation, our nervousness, and in the season of your life, the Holy Spirit is here to encourage you, strengthen you, here to nuzzle you up if you've rolled over and you're about to give in to these things. I just want to show you on the screen, excuse me for taking my liberty here, but as I've been studying this for the last few days, Satan's intent. As, as Peter said, he's like a roaring lion. He wants to jump on your back and get, get you off balance. He's trying to trip you up. And we're going to talk about this just in a little bit on the top photo. 
as we see these pack of lions going after uh, these animals in Africa. Brother Timothy there. And you can see now as some would try to throw the weight of the, of the animal over, others are going for their legs. They're going for their hamstring. I'm going to talk about that just in a little bit. And we can see on the lower photo, they're trying to throw them to the side to get them over, to get them off balance. Satan's trying to devour you. He wants to cut off your air, your oxygen off, so you cannot breathe. I was looking at this. Here's a a little baby elephant. Doesn't look like a baby elephant, but it is. And you can see how the lion jumped on there. The one on the bottom is actually, I saw a little video clip. There was 14 lions that was after this little baby elephant. And it tried to, and, and they were jumping on its back and some were going for its leg. And, they were, and he ran and retreated into the water and was throwing it off, throwing them off. And here 14 lions are after one little elephant. And he ran into this water and ran across the water because it was very shallow And then they tried to follow him. And at one point, it just turned around with its big ears and started running right at him. It was inspired. It was like, I've got more time to live. Get out of my season. Get out of my life. And he started running, not away from the enemy, but toward the enemy. I say, God, give the believer strength tonight. Satan wants to jump on your backbone. He's trying to break your bones. If he can get you to bleed and lose strength and life flow out of you. I just heard yesterday, I wasn't aware of this, but apparently if lions can get the blood, and that's why they, they'll jump on the back of an animal, of a prey, and they'll try to get into the back because if they can get the blood, if they can get the life, that's what they're going for. I'm showing this on the screen here. To show you how that the enemy tries to go for the hamstrings. It's the back part. On the top photo you can see how they run. And they run after the animals. Let me just give you some uh, things as a... The wolves and the cheetahs, the lions, the alligators, the tigers, the wild dogs. They're after the animals. Bears or wildebeest or antelope, the zebras, the buffalo, the hippopotamuses, the deers, the elephants. And those that lag behind or cannot run or get away become prey to the enemy. And I thought of this. Satan is focused on the youth to destroy them. He's focused on marriages to destroy marriages. He's focused on families. Because if he can get the backbone, if he can try to break the bones, even of Holy Ghost-filled men and women, if he can come into their families and break their spirit and break their heart, it can cause great damage. He can try to come into a church and cause some to backslide or get cold on God where they used to praise, they used to worship, but now they're defeated. Satan comes after them. Maybe they're lagging behind. Satan's trying to focus on them. The enemy likes to gang up in packs as their strength in numbers. He tries to take you down. But I'm thankful for the family of God that there is strength in numbers. 
I, I know I just mentioned this last time I spoke, but I believe it's important to recognize in the natural. Brother Branham said this in Thirsting for Life. The Bible said in, that there's a fountain open in the house of David for the cleansing of the soul. And David, being a man who dealt in the woods, he learned a lot about wildlife. In one of the Psalms, he cried, As the heart, which is a deer, thirsts for the water brook, so my soul thirsts after thee, O God. Who remembers that in Psalms 42? And Brother Branham said, I often wondered what David wrote that about. Until I learned about deers. I have one on the bottom there. You can see this little deer. And back in that country, in other countries, they have wolves and wild dogs and they attack the deer because he's an easy prey for them. And that's a very good type of the devil. You take a beautiful... Watch how Brother Branham is bringing natural and spiritual. He said... You take a beautiful woman or a handsome young man, that's the very prey for the sins of this world. Just to pray, P-R-E-Y. A little innocent boy of 16 or 17 or a little girl, I'm quoting a prophet, 16 or 17 or a little girl just to pray to the devil to feast on. Those wild dogs, they lay in ambush, he said. I've seen it in Africa. I've seen it in other countries. They jump on these little deer. And the first thing they do is to break this little string behind their legs. Now, how many can see this on the screen? This, this lion, he's doing two things. He's going for the hamstring with his mouth, but with his left paw. Do you see him going like this? He's trying to move it off track, get it unbalanced. And you see them racing through and after. And what they'll do is they'll swipe at them to get them to tumble and to fall. And they immediately go for the throat. To cut off their oxygen. To go for the juggler. But he's also going for their hamstring. I'm going to show it to you just in a moment in a human. It's also that part, that hamstring is that part of your leg. But it's a type of your prayer life. Satan goes for your prayer life. Because if he gets you in your prayer life, he's got the believer. Brother Branham said the first thing they do is try to break the string behind their legs. He said, then they can't run. We call it in a hunter's voice, a hamstring them. How many's ever heard that? They hamstring them. Then if he cannot grab him there, he grabs him by the throat. This is Brother Branham describing this. And jerks the juggler vein loose. It bleeds to death just in a moment. Then there's a flank in the deer. And he will run and jerk his teeth into that. And if he's a big, heavy dog and a small deer, he can throw that deer to the ground from the flank. He's got him in mid-center and it swings the deer off his feet. And as the dog grabs it and throws himself over, he throws the deer to the ground and they go right in and just tear that little fella to pieces. Haven't we saw that in this generation? Have we saw that? Oh, many times the blood of flesh pulls out and the little deer is so quick and can maneuver his little body so fast. Sometimes he can get away then. And the dogs are rolling. Before he can get up, the deer can get away. But if there's any hunters here that knows that a wounded deer has got to find water right now. And I can imagine seeing the little deer with blood rolling out of him. He's watching. He's panting. He's looking for the water brook. And if that deer can get to that water, he will live. Friends, if you can get to the water, get to Christ, 
Get to where the Word is flowing in your life, your personal life. Friends, it's flowing in the church services. It's flowing at our meetings. But we need to eat from His presence more than just Sunday, Wednesday. And we miss a Wednesday, then it's Sunday. Then we miss a certain service or we get out of fellowship. But friends, I pray God, restore that desire to get back to the water. Where it's not just the preacher screaming, yelling, but it's the Holy Spirit in us. It's that thirst. It's that nature. I've got to have it or I'm going to die. Well, then Branham said, I've trailed them many times. They cross the creek and drink and run down the creek a little and run up a hill cause, and back down again. And get, they've got to get water. He'll just keep on running as long as he can get water. But if he doesn't get water, he'll perish. And that's what David said. My soul is thirsting after you like the heart. I must have you, God, or perish. And this is the last paragraph of this. And tonight in this sinful world who's been bitten by the mad dogs of hell with all of this modern jazz music and dirty televisions, programs, cracking jokes and so forth like that, you're mad dog bit. That's incredible. They're after to destroy you, move you off balance, get you rolling in the dirt, bite your hamstring of prayer, get you out of fellowship with one another. Where the herd scatters and they, fight, they start to devour one another instead of really going with one another. God, help us tonight. He talked about jazz music and dirty televisions and cracking jokes and being mad dog bit. You're trying to quench that little thirst with stagnated waters of the devil. May your heart become so thirsty that you must find Christ or die. I really like how a prophet ministered to the soul. You've got to have spiritual water or you're going to die. May your heart become so thirsty. I pray God just create a greater thirst among us. Would you agree tonight? At every season of your life, we need that thirst to rise up. Thirst for God. You are at another season in your life. Whether you like it or not, whether you even agree or not, that season has arrived. Oh, he said the deer, as he thirsts for the water brook, just take a drink from there. You'll never have to hear another sermon on morals or how to dress or how to act and how to conduct yourself. That's what a prophet said. Now watch this here. This is a person that's looking away from the screen. You can look at that back part of the hamstrings. is the back part of a person's leg there. I'm speaking about how Satan will go for these hamstrings. Can you see that? In another message, Thirsting for Life, Brother Branham said, David being a woodsman and talking about this heart as a deer, if you watch nature, you'll see God. They have wild dogs in that country. And they eat the deer. And they would come in packs. And they overtake the deers. And one of the things they do is cut the little what we call hamstring in the back. The leaders. And just cut out a whole pack. And and then they can't run. 
Those dogs will eat as much as they can. Then the others can't pull away very much. And then they're easier prey then to run right back and get them. So Satan will come and grab a mother. She's a leader. Grab a father. He's a leader. Try to get into the ministry. They're leaders. Try to get in among us and destroy the hamstring. We need to pray for our church and pray for one another. He tries to get the hamstring or the, the this, this deer here that you see is a very sad story. This is taken with night vision cameras. This deer, you can see it on the left hand side in the top, is actually still alive for the time. It actually got eight alive. The deers got their flank and got their hamstring and they couldn't get away. And then the pack comes in and destroys a life. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine still alive, still breathing, still... Uh, and yet, they got you down. And you, you don't have the strength. You don't have the power anymore because Satan will grab that hamstring and get you down. I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to somebody right now. And he said, then the dogs will eat as much as they can. Then the others can't pull away. So the others, Satan gets the leaders and he'll try to go after the others because they're easier prey. He said, that's the way the devil does. He'll cut you off from prayer meetings. He's done cut the hamstrings right there. You'll pull away from this church. And you'll run from here to there. But any time the devil wants to gobble you up, he's got you under his control. When he cuts your prayer life, brother, you're gone. I say, God, restore a thirst for a personal prayer life. And give us a joy for that place. And take away just the duty. And I know I should be doing that. And make it a love affair again, Jesus. I pray the Holy Ghost will just fly through our church service tonight. With healing in his wings. And drop down not just little handfuls, but a real gusher of his love. And let you know you are a blessed person. All the brothers are blessed. All the sisters are blessed. Our babies are blessed. Our adolescents are blessed. Our teenagers are blessed. The middle-aged are blessed. The older ones are blessed. We're just blessed. But Satan comes and the, and, the, and the dogs come to grab away the flank. And then he cuts that thirst off of you and perverts it into the things of the world. He's got you when he wants you. He'll let you gobble along here till you get to a certain place. Then crash your life out without God right there. Sure he will. Oh, we're very positive. The token's positive. But if you go in the wrong direction, you're going to start bleeding. You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your spiritual life. Sure, you might walk around, come to church, prepare food, go to Starbucks, make more money this year than last year, whatever, drive a nicer car. But if the devil's got you and your blood is going everywhere, you have no strength. But I pray the Holy Ghost will bring water to you. If He's got to pour it right down your throat and, and just take your little head up and, and nurse it from His bosom. Do that tonight, friends. Hallelujah. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And we see this maturity now happening, even in the statue of a perfect man. We see this happening now as we see these characteristics uh, for the believer now, how we're maturing and coming up to this place, Satan's trying to suffocate us and 
trying to get even the younger ones that are new believers. But I believe we're still pointing toward that statue of a perfect man. As Brother Tom spoke on Wednesday, the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle were living under a flying eagle anointing. We're not just all perched on our little branches and not doing anything. It's flying. I love that. And it's going forward. Never backward. Always forward. I pray God anoint us tonight. We all need that anointing. We need that time of refreshing. At every season of our life, we need that. Can I give you a little story? I saw this. I believe it was... It had to have been Thursday or Friday. I saw this little clip of these monkeys. And this great big snake had gone after a little baby uh, monkey and was swallowing the monkey. It was a little baby monkey. Big, big snake. And it, and it was actually starting to go down its body. And the mother was pulling on the monkey's tail. Here's this little monkey. It's already being devoured by the snake. Well, the young people like this on Friday. And, and the mom, mom was pulling on the, on the tail, on the tail. Then it would jump back because and, and the, the snake was there. And then it just kept pulling. It realized it was losing ground, being suffocated, the little baby. And, and it just it finally grabbed a hold of the little monkey's tail and pulled, 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 and pulled it right out and, and grabbed it up and ran away. It was saved. We need more determination like that. Don't just stand around and watch people die. Get involved. Grab their tail. Oh, you say that's funny. We need to do that. If the animals can do that without a soul, then we ought to be burdened for one another's souls. Say, I got strength to pull you back, brother. Get out of that fire. I think we'd all agree there's times in our lives and you get in awkward situations. Or you get in situations where you're called to deal with certain matters that are not easy. And it's not always black and white, cut and dry. But that's when the discernment of the Holy Spirit needs to come down inside of you as a believer. And you need to fall back into His arms and say, God, help me right now. I need your leadership. Give me the right words. Give me the right approach. Give me the right attitude. I'll say this in closing on this matter. If you roll over, you're going to die. You just roll over and say, oh, this has happened and I'm bitten or that happened and I was, I was rolled over by one of my friends and they ran off and now the lion's got me and I'm down. If you roll over, you're going to die. It's time to get back up again. It's time to ask the Holy Spirit. You say, I can't. I can't. This week I saw, I saw this little baby. I think it was a little buffalo or something had been, the lions had got it and trying to take it. And the mother kept coming and coming, trying to distract it and trying to distract it. It was a great big buffalo. That's what it was. So finally she just ran at the lion and it ran off. But there were still lions around and she lip, put her nose down underneath the belly of the little baby and nudged it up. You've got to get up. You've got to get on your feet. You can't stay here. You can't stay down on the ground. You're a a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Come on, let's go. Let's go. We got to get away. There's danger here. Oh, that's like the Holy Spirit. He won't let you stay there and die. I love that this evening when I was listening to a prophet and he said, The Father does not like one of his sheep to be lost. I love that. He'll come to your aid. He's a great shepherd. Hallelujah. 
Do you like that? Lord, send your angel, send your Holy Spirit after that heart that might seem like they just want to roll over. Give them strength to keep on going, Lord Jesus. And our time is almost done. But here when we speak about maturity in the bride, it's maturity in dealing with delicate situations. At every season of your life, as you get older, you're going to be called to deal with this. It's delicate. It's maturity in approaching certain junctions and changes in your life. It's a maturity in praying now. Getting a hold of God to meet a certain need you have. And a maturity to apply the word specifically. Brother Joe, can you go to slide number 15? I just want to go to this before we close. On junctions. Brother Branham said that in the time is at hand in Chicago. The time has come and it's at hand now. The time has come for God Jehovah to rise on the scene and show himself. He always does it just at the junctions of time. And that time is now. The lights are shining. So when we talk about junctions, it's an intersection or a crossroad. It's a certain seam has happened. A joint in your life, a Y junction, or we would say a T junction. And God is now, when you were just younger, maybe it was somebody else's responsibility to deal with it. Now you're older. And maturity is calling and you're answering. It's no longer that you can just let the words go by. God's holding you and I accountable now. I hope the Lord is speaking to somebody here. I know that he is, that another season of your life has arrived. And when we look at this, a Y junction, these are Y junctions, whether you're in Europe or whether you're in North America or other places, there's different times you come to certain times of your life and there has to be a movement one way or the other. This is a T junction. We don't have time to go into that. But if you just keep on going at a T-junction, there's going to be an accident. There's going to be a crash up. You've got to go one way or the other. And if you go down one road after seeking to be neutral and you pray about it, God will lead you to turn around and go the other way. But you've got to be man enough or woman enough and sensitive to not allow it to become a crash up. Turn around and go the other way. It's very wonderful on the Holy Spirit because this is where most crashes happen are at intersections, at junctions. It's not when everything's going good and we're on cruise control. It's at certain junctions. It's at a crossroad. This motorcyclist found that out. It's at a junction. It's at a crossroad. This is where people get off track even in the message. It's at crossroads. It's applying the word. And you can see these accidents that are happening. Because at junctions. And Brother Branham said, my subject this morning, if we should call it such, would be the message to the church is the junction of time. And always in the days, we're going to end this service tonight very, very positively. Because it's at junctions of time when it would seem so negative... 
Always in the days gone by, the dispensations has always come to their end and we hit a junction. There's junctions on the highways. They junction on the roads that we travel in this world. They junction on this grand old highway that we travel to glory. And the believer said, there's junctions. You got to turn. You got to go another direction. The junction. God always, before these, before these great junctions comes or ending of time where he starts something new, junctions with the old to the new, with one dispensation to another, he always shows forth his power. I just want every believer to buckle in here as we close now. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. Say, I'm in a junction. I'm at a crossroad. Friends, don't make that just your own burden. It's God's burden. We're the female part. He's the male part. There's no variableness in God. There's no shadow of turning in God. He's the male part. But we are the female. And there are seasons and junctions. We don't have time to get into all of that. But it all focuses in down on seasons in our life that when you arrive at them, Let's just listen to what Brother Branham said. He always shows forth his power. Men through the ages always breaks down and teaches away and explains away and gets away from the real living God. But just before he junctions and enters a new dispensation, he appears on the scene with great miraculous signs and wonders. He always has done it. So expect God to do something in your life at the junction. That's not just a carnal decision. It's God's decision. What would you have me to do? He said, angels appear in the end time. I like this, Brother Roy. Angels appear at junctions. All the prophets and the signposts point saying this day that angels will appear. Prophets will appear. Signs and wonders. Who thanks God for the prophet? I've heard people say, I don't need a prophet. All those things continued unto John, and we have the Bible. Look at the mess of Pentecost with the Bible that they have. Why in Uganda has there been thousands of people been baptized out of Pentecost? It's because they heard a word through a broadcast. They heard a message that was giving the people that life, and that's something that they've been crying for years. They had the Bible, but they needed a prophet's voice. And if God did that for those little junctions back there, what will he do now when all hell turned loose? All heaven will turn loose. Forgive us, Lord, if we haven't emphasized this exactly the way you would have us at the close of this service. But I pray God would loose that upon all of us at your junction and at your personal season of your life. That when all hell would break loose, all heaven would break loose. That when sickness is wanting to rape you of your health, that there would be a revelation come. He's my healer. By his stripes I'm healed. And you put on a message and it's like God is speaking to you now. Friends, don't let it be a dead letter. Let him rise out of history. Allow Jesus Christ to resurrect in your season. Right at your junction, right here. Let the Holy Ghost say, Lord, this is my time. I turn to you. 
I give you my heart. Turn my heart. Give me a new spirit. If I'm lacking spirit, give me spirit, God. If I'm lacking strength, get up, brother. Come on, sister. We're here for you. Come on. Let's go. We're nuzzling you. We're, we're bringing up, if, if it's a male, which it is the Holy Ghost, with his horns, with that anointing, he's saying, come on, get up. You got to go. He prods you a little bit. Stop pushing against that and saying, I, I'm just going to rest. I'm just, no, if you go to sleep, you're going to die. It's the time to say, get up. Let's go. There's water over there. We got to go there. Amen. Hallelujah. Right at this time when hell is breaking loose. Heaven is breaking loose. Hallelujah. Expect a miracle at this season. Expect the first steps of healing at this season. If God can speak this morning, He can speak tonight. Angels appearing, signs and wonders on the earth, counterfeits rising, God proving which is right and which is wrong. This is my last slide here. Or maybe there's one more after this. Watch how a fire comes each time. Watch how a prophet's come each time. Watch how the miraculous is done each time. Watch how God vindicates himself in healing and powers each time. Just at the crossroads. Never before. Right at the crossroads. At the junctions. There's a change in dispensation. A change in time. Stop getting so worried over about the season you're in. And disappointed and painful and hurt and brother John and this. It's time now to recognize I'm at a junction. I'm at a change. But I'm looking for the supernatural. Our last slide. Omnipotent speaking at every junction. So at your junction, the word is coming. And when the church cooled off and then omnipotent spoke, miracles took place. And this is the junction. This is a prophet saying this. This is the junction of all junctions. This is the end time. The end of the whole history of the world is right now at hand. So you can expect omnipotence to speak. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. And you can expect the greatest and mightiest miracles that's ever happened on the earth will happen in the next few years to come. If Jesus tarries, it will be. And Jesus tarried and God came in a great miracle of the opening of his word. Now there's been a bride that has responded. We eat the book. We take the book. And who can but prophesy? It ought to come out of our little children's lips. It ought to come out of the teenagers, a mother's lips, a father's lips, a school teacher's lips. Prophesy. Can we stand on our feet tonight? It's true, friends. We've heard the word. What else could we do but prophesy? It's thus saith the Lord. Or keep still. It's not dabbling about our feelings and you hurt me or this happened. Now it's the Holy Spirit coming and giving you a word at your season. Oh, Jesus, I want to be ready for that. Oh, my. Do you know how serious we take this? Very, very serious. Along with these other ministers here and the musicians as they come and play something. I I never get a car wash on a Sunday, but this morning I didn't get it yesterday and I was in a car wash. I remember I was driving into the car wash this morning. I thought, God, if I'm the problem, take me off the scene. If, If I'm in the way, 
whether it's our church, whether it's our family, whether it's uh, the bride of Christ, just move me out of the side. But there is a people that's going forward with God. And we've all got to come to that. I'm just being honest with myself. I, I had to be that honest. I said, Lord, if it's me, get me out of the way. Move me aside. There's got to be a people that is rising up that can take this word and hear this word. As we heard it this morning, and it's more than sermons, and it's more than Brother Murphy or Brother Tom or Brother Tim or Brother Biscoe. It's more than that. Do we all become that sincere? That if I'm the problem, take me out of the way, Lord. We're too serious of a junction. Too serious of a season. We need thus, saith the Lord. We're thirsty for it. As we bow our heads tonight, as we come to the close. Lord Jesus, we've heard your word. Felt your presence. Our Father, which art in heaven, we thank you for how many times you have visited us. You have never failed us. You have come always on time, every time, in your time. And we want to give you glory, Lord, tonight. Each individual at their season, at their junction, coming up to their time, maybe of a decision or a crossroad, our graduates or some changing grades, or maybe it's older ones that are recognizing that they're in another season. Their families are in another season. That we can look at these things spiritually and not just hear verses quoted But now take it to heart. Not just hear messages of Brother Branham, but they're God's words to us. And we stop the tape. And we begin to weep a little bit or fall down on our knees. Lord, if our hamstring has gotten bitten, our connection to you, Lord, and it affects our attitude or our spirit or the way we are dealing with matters. I pray that your Holy Spirit, we invite you, Lord, to come into those places. Bring a healing. And the person might not just jump up instantly. It might take some time of healing. But let us stay there, Lord. Maybe some is being crushed. Some is being broken. Some have been pulled down. And they need that strength. You are the provider. I remember back in the log church a message being spoken on El Shaddai. You are the breasted one. And you come with the Old and the New Testament in our time of fretting or our time of need spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically. Whatever we need to every sheep, Lord, at every season, you have a purpose. Wonder with heads bowed, who would say, Lord, I want to see your purpose in all of this. Reveal to me, God.
Lord, I need strength. Or I need your wisdom. Just receive it right now, friend. It's not a long time, hours at the altar or all night prayer meetings now. It's the people receiving the word saying, God, that's me now. That's me, Jesus. It's not so much the make-believers and unbelievers. It's the believers now. The word is coming to the believers, to our hearts, who would just say, Father, I'm looking for you at this junction. At this season of our life that's arrived, I want to pull in now all of this. What would you have me to do? What is the next step, Lord? And maybe it's for a loved one in a marriage, in a relationship. Maybe it's for someone else. You're really praying, God, what needs to be done over here? I want to see you move there, Lord. What is the supernatural part? Always at the junction is when God manifests. Oh, I want to see that. Who would just agree and say, God, I want to see that, Lord? Omnipotence, I'm looking for you. Supernatural, I'm looking for you. Holy Ghost. Father, our hands are lifted up, Lord. We're your people that's gathered in the fold. We're not running and hiding, trying to get away. We're saying, Lord, be it unto me. Where is my need? Where is my fault? Where is my part of this statute, Lord, that I'm slipping and going down? And I, I need you to put honey in the box. I need the water to be caught within my cup, Lord. Put honey in this box. Put your Holy Spirit in that situation, God. In our lives, Lord. Help all of us, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, God, for your tenderness, for your mercies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I wonder if we can end this service just rejoicing and thanking the Lord. Just looking at all the times that God has spared you. Where you look back at a junction or a crossroad. Where there could have been a horrific mistake or accident and God saved you. Spiritually, He saved your family. Saved your marriage. Saved your loved one. He reached out a word for a, a teenager and gave you a word in due season. Oh, I thank God for that, Jesus. I thank you for going after spirits that were wandering out somewhere. And you brought them back, Lord. In one service, you did the miraculous, Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're not infidels and atheists, Lord. But if we're sitting on the, our chairs looking out and seeing the same tree for a lot of years and we still don't understand, you can drop a revelation down in just a little conversation. The same Lord Jesus, the same God that speaks to that sap to go down into the roots is the same God that gave that lady her healing. It's the same Lord Jesus that gave our brother Jonas deliverance in his system. And today, this week, the doctors had to confess, leukemia is gone. It's the same Lord Jesus. Take cancer from our bodies. Can touch that back. Can mend that home and take that broken heart and mend it back again. He can start right now at this 
junction of your life and begin to put the pieces back in your heart. Do you believe that tonight? In your spirit, in your body, He can just cause a, something to sweep over you right now. You can lift up that hand and say, I've not been able to lift this for years and God has given me strength right now. I'm going to speak out that person's name in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go out, Lord, and catch every single elect seed. Talk to them, Lord. Oh, Father, minister to every single heart, Jesus. Someone's wounded tonight, and the hounds are after them. I pray that the Lord would give them the fortitude to get up again, get to the water. Lord, bless the congregation, Jesus. Bless every heart from the youngest to the oldest, from the nursery to the balcony, out into the fellowship hall and the foyer, out into the internet, Jesus, down into the Renton meeting as the meeting's closing. But could you just drop down right now, Lord, and prove your word and vindicate it, Lord? How we need your, your double portion and just that nudge of your Holy Spirit, especially at these crossroads, God. Lord, we're expecting victories ahead. We're expecting, Lord, you to come down as you did to Moses, just in the normal course of his life. And the burning bush turned him around. You did it to Jacob, Lord, and wrestled with him in one night. And by the morning, it changed his whole walk. Change our walk, Lord. Change our talk, Lord. Oh, that's why I'll be willing to do
Rachel. I think it was the valedictorian of the class some years ago. Just rollerblading right down this street right here, right, Brother Tom Sixton? Miriam. Miriam. Healthy, strong. We went to the Bible Way grad, and there she was. Beautiful teenager. Just rollerblading right down the road here, just right over here, just went over into the grass and lay down. She was gone. The doctors do their examination and testing, couldn't really find a reason. She's gone. That could happen to any of us. Say, I'm sick, or I'm facing this certain thing, or an elderly person, but it could happen to a young person. It could happen to a child. And this isn't fear, it's just reality. We need Jesus. We have Jesus. We have him right here in this atmosphere. And in a few minutes, we're going to go right out there where the hounds of hell are running. They're after to destroy us. I'm so thankful for a place of peace. I'm so thankful we have water to drink from. God's speaking to us. If you need to go tonight, we're going to have a word of prayer, then you can be free to go. But if the Lord is dealing with your heart, Don't be so quick and hasty to just run out. At this season, at this junction of your life, when there's another time, it's different now. And God's calling on you. So many times we hear, and then we're just so quick to move along. We're not even maybe understanding how serious it is that we need him. Heavenly Father, thank you for every footstep of the journey you've been with your congregation, your sheep, hearing your voice. We pray a blessing on them, Lord, on this Sunday night as it's still light outside and there's still time to enjoy one another, enjoy our Sunday evening. Father, we pray we take these things to heart, what we heard this morning. You are a promise keeper, and you keep your promises. And we understand the word at every season of our lives, and it arrives, and it calls for us to respond. May each one of us respond 100%. May it just be unanimous, like a ripple out throughout all of our hearts and our families that as we come into June now and recognize that another season, another time is passing. The pages are turning. The chapters are moving to another chapter for all of us. We pray for your godly leadership and guidance and Holy Spirit upon every person. Go with us now, Lord, the visitors that have been with us, those that have are still being strengthened and renewed. Be with each heart. We commit them to you, and our lives are in your hands. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless each one of you. And I think as we... Can we sing Peace of God Cover Me, Brother Ryan? We can sing this as we shake hands of God with one another. Peace of God cover
when you're dismissed. Got a wonderful week.